0: Hey, listener, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on your listening hour, I, Groundhog Roads, and I, Festive Drinks, we welcome you to Season 2, Episode 5 of
1: Holding the quill, oh.
2: drinky. It's
0: Christmas. It's almost Christmas. We can smell it.
2: It's, it's very close i can i can smell pigs in blankets i can smell the whiff of brussels sprouts
0: i can smell the 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 dancing smell of roasted chestnuts under a <laughs> open fire mm. and and i can i can i can smell a whiff of michael Bublé warming himself up ready for his one season of the year is he uh, is he around yours i'm not sure if that's covid friendly if i'm being honest no, but you can always smell him a mile off, can't you? <laughs> it's just the Chris- It's just Mister Christmas, isn't he? And um, he sort of—I don't know—he goes into hibernation throughout uh, spring, summer, uh, mm. autumn, and then suddenly it gets to gets to sort of November twenty-sixth, and then suddenly he just hatches himself, and then out comes Mickey Bubbles, ready for for another <laughs> round of Christmas
2: into in- in- into the ring. Yeah, I mean. He is the voice of Christmas, isn't he? He's, uh, he's the man. When it comes to the sing-alongs, he's the man.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: No, he, of course he is. I mean, he is, he is the Mr. Sing-along, as you've just said. But uh, Quillads, Quillettes, uh, HTQ listeners uh, around the globe, um, here we have a special festive episode of Holding the Quill already ready and waiting for you. What, what, a, what a show
2: we've got lined up for you. Unbelievable. Um, we tried to do a Christmas special last year but um, unfortunately there were some recording issues. There was there were people in the background, you know, wrapping presents which uh, unfortunately meant that our Christmas content was never to be heard. But this year we're, ba- we're here, we're back. It's Christmas, Michael blazes around and so are we. Yeah, this is
0: it. Are you feeling festive? I know my name is Festive Drinks. For for the show, um Groundhog Roads, are you feeling, are you feeling suitably festive?
2: I I've got a uh, penguin onesie on as we speak. I'm in the festive mood. Christmas cheer is all around.
0: So penguins are they? Uh, I mean, penguins are kind of they. Uh, would you say that they're exclusively Christmassy? I, I
2: I guess they're quite a hybrid animal. You know, they they could be a few different seasons. I quite freely view them at the zoo in the summer, but put a little Santa hat on them, and you know they're. They instantly turn into a little Christmas penguin.
0: I think you'll find if you put a little Santa hat on any animal, then they become <laughs> Christmassy.
2: Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, there must be a
0: few that if you put a Santa hat on. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't think of any animal that if you put a suitable sized Christmas hat upon their head, they would, they would look anything but Christmassy. So snake. Yes, like if you could find the right size. I mean, it's tricky to find, you know, uh, you know, get them to stay still for the fitting, and Mm. you know, for the, uh, you know, I don't know where you'd book them in. I mean, I I, uh, I don't know if Moss Bros or any of these places do uh, measuring up of snakes, but um, you know, if if you did find a uh, a good size hat for a snake, I still think they would look Christmassy.
2: Yeah, yeah, I reckon. I reckon some reptiles like struggle but yeah i think you've got a good point there but um have you got a have you got a santa hat on uh
0: no no santa hat but um i've got a got a christmas tree to my left and i mean i'm gonna be fully honest it's probably too big for the room that i've got it in um you know i've got a small one bed flat and it's taking up probably about 40 percent of my living room but therefore i think i've justified my name as festive drinks Mm.
2: Well, I saw a picture of your tree yesterday and I've actually bought one today. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I, I can't, I can't be, I bet you've gone, you know, ground, I, I bet be you've, groundhog you've gone
0: the mind, <laughs> just, just, you're that kind of guy, aren't you? I bet you've gone five foot.
2: No, I haven't, I've, 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 um, I've, I've been inspired it, by, tall by and your, slim. <laughs> your little shrub and uh, <laughs> I've gone for a little, little bushy number as well. Oh, a little, Christmas a little
0: bush, a little stubby bush, <laughs> like
2: me, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like your little stubby bush. Yeah. Um, um, well, yeah. Have you? Have you? Is it? Is it dressed? Is it fully dressed? I tell you what. Within an hour of deciding to go and get a Christmas tree, it was bought, uh, carried home, and it was fully dressed with uh, with suitable lights and baubles. And yeah, very, very uh, efficient, I'd say. Christmas well, Christmas efficiency.
0: As you can probably imagine, my uh, the process for my tree was not such an efficient process. Let's just say short story short st- long story short, uh it took it took <laughs> short story long. long. Short story long. <laughs> as with most of my stories, uh the tree took a little while to be selected.
2: Yeah, I I can imagine. I can imagine undressed. But it but boy yeah. does it look good. Oh, it looks absolutely fantastic for a little stubby bush. It's it's the most decorative (laughs) (laughs) stubby bush I've seen for a long time. Um, Right, drinks. I've got a few emails in the inbox, and I have selected one for our show today. Would you like me to read it out? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, well, this is from Kevin Rudolph from the North. Um, He is a long-term listener, first-time emailer. He says... Merry Christmas, drinks and groads. You've both been good to your listeners this year, releasing some fantastic content for us all. And I'm sure Santa will bring you both lots of presents. I hope you got my handmade Christmas card in the post. I sent it a few weeks ago now, so hopefully it's made its way to Quill Street. Weirdly, I got a card in the post today which was full of rice. It must have been from my Uncle Ben. Here's to a fantastic 2021. Much love from me and my better half, Donna, and the kids, Noel and Carol. Ah, oh, lovely! What a, what a what a
0: festive email! Um what uh, so a festive family! Festive whole family, yeah. I mean, if if they, we can only assume that uh, these are uh, you know aliases that they've selected for this time of year. But who knows? Maybe they were just feeling Christmassy when they had their children born and you know after being named uh sort of christmasy n- names themselves they thought let's continue on the the family tradition
2: absolutely i mean i'd imagine they're one of those families that have you know their their house covered in lights you know blow up santa maybe a little rudolph reindeer in the front garden mm. um they go for it really really like, like christmas has been sick on the house basically
0: yeah um i i, I watched uh distinctly average Christmas movie at the weekend, Deck the Halls, a, a 2006 Christmas movie with none other than Danny DeVito and his uh, partner in crime, Matthew Broderick. And uh, essentially the, the, the storyline was exactly as you've just suggested, just a, a one family that, in fact, no, 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 sorry. It's, there's a little bit more nuance to it than just one family that loves Christmas, one that doesn't. They both love Christmas, but Danny DeVito moves into the area and he sort of moves on to Matthew Broderick's patch of Matthew Broderick used to be Mr Christmas and then suddenly everyone starts uh sort of liking um Danny DeVito's house and his lights more and then he like gets more and more lights and it becomes like a big competition so essentially you know i now that i've explained it i don't think you need to go and watch the movie because you feel because you you've essentially got the full i've given away everything of <laughs> the whole intrigue of the film
2: I imagine their Christmas tree has nothing on your little stubby bush, mate. So,
0: well, you know, there, there is there is such a thing as as class and uh, <laughs> delivering delivering aesthetic based on a, a calmness and a a, a freshness. Mm. And 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 you know, when you when you just go over the top, when you could just have lights, 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 and flashing, and you know all the. Uh, the snowmen sort of blown up and moving in the in the in, with the wind and uh, all of the various reindeer all outside of the the house and stuff like that. It's it just becomes tacky. But my little stubby bush with a little instead of a fairy on top, I've got one bauble with a bee at the top because obviously as everyone knows, I'm a mm-hmm. massive Brentford fan, the mighty Bees. Peter. Come on you Bees.
2: Um,
0: right. Should we have
2: a up of the socials?
0: Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been a long, long intro. So yeah, <laughs> let's, let's crack
2: on. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it is at holding the quill podcast. Twitter page is at holding the quill. Our email is holding the quill at gmail.com. And, as ever, you know the drill by now, we're accepting phone calls. The number to call tonight, this evening, today, whenever you're listening is 77 4921 so give us a call, get in touch, let us know what you're doing for Christmas this year. Uh, if you've been good this year, are going to come and give you some presents. Just let us know.
0: Give us a call. And if you're an international caller, of course, don't forget the plus four four at the start. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll come on through straight to Holding the Quill hotline and we'll be ready to have a chat to you.
2: Hello, Holding the Quill. Oh, hello David. It's been a very long time since we last spoke. How are you doing?
1: Yes, I'm very well. Thank you, Gross. How
2: are you? Oh, fantastic. Feeling very uh, Christmassy right now. Thank you very much.
1: Very good. Very good. Well, I haven't called in the last few weeks because I uh, thought that since the debacle last time when I confused a teddy bear for a real bear, I thought perhaps it's about time I modernized my video camera equipment. With the money I gained from selling my Kodak K100 movie camera, which I bought in 1968, I managed to purchase a new digital SLR with video filming capabilities. I also decided to treat myself ...to a 200mm zoom lens to help me really get up close and personal to my wildlife subjects. And so, with my new camera and zoom lens at the ready, I approached the living room window. And what did I see? I saw the largest, most beautiful, majestic, Latigena arctica house spider. It was frozen still on the inside of the window. There it was, with its plump, dark brown body, with lighter, almost golden markings across its sternum, and long, furry legs, splayed out perfectly. I began to slowly turn the lens to zoom into its body and bring it into focus. I continued to turn and turn the lens, until the spider was magnified wonderfully in my viewfinder. I decided to focus in on his face. And so I zoomed in a little further. It felt like I was right up next to him. And then... Splat! I completely crushed the spider with the lens. Yellowy green blood and pus oozed his body all over the window and the lens. It was exciting. I guess I need a little more time to familiarise myself with my new equipment. That concludes wildlife from a window for today.
2: Well, thank you very much, David. It um, sounds like a bit of a me- bit of a mess on the lens that happened with the spider. Yes, of
1: course, I will have to clean it up at some point because it's. Uh, it's still got all the blood and guts from the spider on it, but uh, I'll get right to it, straight off the
2: call. Lovely. Well, um, well, thank you very much for calling in, David. We really appreciate uh, another episode of Wildlife from a Window.
1: Well, I'll get back to filming for another episode uh, sometime soon. Uh, th- thank you very much, Granville.
2: Uh, David, you, you do know that my name is uh, Grodes, don't you? It's, uh, I've, I've noticed that you've got it wrong a couple of times when you've called in. Uh, oh,
1: sorry for that, old boy. I uh, keep getting it wrong, don't I? Silly me. Well, thank you for, for listening to my wildlife from a window. Good night, holding the quilt.
2: No worries. Uh, Merry Christmas from everyone at Holding the Quill. David, take care. Good Christmas, now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Quill Fail. Right. Festive drinks. Uh, Quill Fail today does not feature you. Um, It features... A colleague of my other half, uh, who has shared this little nugget for the quill today. Now, as ever, we need a false name for our mystery quill failure. Quill failure. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Brian? Male. Male. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so, here we go. As a child, Brian used to go on an annual trip away with his local church. Now, when he was about six or seven, the annual trip was a fishing trip. Now, uh, I'm not sure if you watched Gavin and Stacey, but there was an infamous fishing trip uh, during the Gavin and Stacey series. But I promise this is a separate trip. Now, uh, it was the first day of the trip and Brian was on a pontoon boat. Uh, now, a pontoon boat, I believe, has big railings all around the side of the boat which is pretty key for the story, being too short to cast his fishing line over the railings, Brian had to climb up onto the railings to be able to cast his line. Amazingly, Brian quickly got a nibble on his fishing line and he started to reel in his possible prize fish with a nice, smooth, non-stop pressure. But the fish fought back and Brian toppled over the railings into the river. Now, what happened next? I stayed with Brian for the rest of his life. A nun in full dress jumped into the river, grabbing Brian under the arm, and swam to safety at the side of the river. He was pretty sure that he probably could have swam independently himself to the side of the river, but how many people can say that they've had their life saved by a nun? He sadly lost his fishing pole. And wasn't allowed to fish for the rest of the holiday. So, I mean, this this sounds like
0: a weird dream to me. I mean, did who did your so did you say your girlfriend's friend told this story of their 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 own uh, life, their own past? Of this is this is something that happened when they were a child or, or as an adult
2: yeah he was six or seven uh this is yeah colleague of mine oh
0: okay so i was i was picturing brian as like a a 25 year old man like with his mates and then being saved by some action hero nun that just sort of like uh sort of i don't know just just kept her all of her gear on and just just swam from the shore just sort of rippling muscles that's what i was picturing i was picturing maybe i was turning it into a weird dream (laughs)
2: <laughs> you do you do dream about nuns a lot actually. You do text uh, well, me saying oh, another nun in my dream again.
0: I, I I can only assume that my that my therapist will figure out what it's all about sometime soon. Hmm. I'm
2: I'm sure when we used to live together you had a, a nun outfit at the top of the of your wardrobe, but uh yeah, who knows? Um So there, there now, you go. Look,
0: so 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 I mean, poor Brian, as a as a short ass like me, I can sympathize with the story and look, I just think Thank goodness there are, uh, you know, noble, honest, uh, trustworthy nuns out there that are willing to risk their life to go and save someone else's. I mean, I I don't know. I think I think that's a that's a lovely story. And um, although it's completely
2: fake and not not true, uh, I think it was a good one. No, completely true. Completely true. I promise. Um, This Rubbish. Well, we'll have to ask Brian himself on our next fishing trip with him. Hello holding the quill. How are you, lads? How's it going? It's George Clark here again. Ah uh, George, how's it going? Good to hear from you. I am already
1: been a bit busy making my channel for TV series. George Clark's Amazing Places. And George Clark's Old House New Home. But I was just wondering what you two thought about another idea I've had for another brilliant TV
2: series. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. What's the what's the idea? Well, it's going to be
1: called George Clark's Shite House to All Right House.
2: Basically, what we'll be doing... Uh, yeah, yeah, George, I, th- I think it pretty much explains itself.
1: Well, hang on a minute there, Groves. I haven't fully explained it yet. What we'll be doing
2: is we'll be... Well, I mean, surely it's just finding a a tired old run-down place and then renovating it? Well,
1: well, yes, that's exactly it. But but we're talking not just any old place. We're talking proper ass in
2: the nowhere, almost falling apart, kind of shank. Right, sure. Uh, Well, I think we've got it. Well, for example, I've been in contact with a family in
1: Peterborough who've sent me photos of their house, and Fort El, man, is proper shite. I mean, wallpaper falling off other walls, damp patches bigger than
2: Boris Johnson's fat-ass kind of shite. Okay, sure, yeah, I think we've got the concept, George. But it wouldn't
1: be only houses like. We'd also be renovating Shiite flats, bungalows, and maybe even caravans.
2: Isn't this just exactly the same as every other TV show you've done on Channel 4, but with a slightly different name? Oh no, this would be going right to the
1: renovation extreme. I mean, this is totally different to all the things I've done before on Channel
2: 4. Okay, George, well... Uh... I have to say, it does sound extremely similar to all the other TV shows and countless others on British TV, and therefore it probably will be a success. Especially if families have a sob story or two to tell. Well, anyways, look, if, if it doesn't sound like you're all
1: that keen on the idea, but I thought I'd let you two know what my new idea was. And if either of you two know of any shy places down there in London, then do give us a shout like.
2: Lovely. Well, yeah, we, we will do. We, we've got your number, so we'll uh, we'll send you a message if we see any. Well, thanks very much there, Groves, and holding the quill. I will keep listening to your show because I really enjoy it. Lovely. Well, George, have a lovely Christmas. Um, I forgot to say, I, I actually went to the same barbershop as you the other day in down in Cornwall.
1: Oh, really? I, I like to travel all over the UK, you know what I mean? and uh, I thought I'd get a little
3: fresh trim when I was down in Cornwall recently. What did you think of the barbers?
2: Yeah, top stuff. I mean, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for my barnet.
1: Well, there we are then. We must be like twins with the same haircuts.
2: Well, I didn't, obviously didn't have the same one as you, but uh, anyway, Merry Christmas, George. Merry Christmas to you too, lads. Take care now. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Shit, that's all right. I thought it
1: was a proper canny idea. like
0: Quill literature. Right then, um, people, listeners, quillads, quillettes. Uh, the quill literature for this episode, episode five of season two, or, or episode eleven in total, however you want to uh, keep record, uh, is called an extraordinary year. Arriving home and walking through the front door after two weeks of quarantine at London Heathrow Airport felt wonderful. Isaac and Freya closed the front door behind them, dropped their bags, and hugged each other. They both let out a sigh of relief to be back. They felt like a million bucks, or £750,000, depending on the exchange rate. I'm going to put the kettle on. Would you like a tea? asked Freya. Oh, I'd love one. Thanks, Isaac replied. Freya headed off towards the kitchen, and Isaac carried their bags upstairs to the bedroom. He tried to smoothly prise open the door with his elbow and therefore not have to put the bags down. But in doing so, two of the wooden nutcracker figurines dropped to the ground. An arm of one of them and the top hat of the other broke straight off. Thankfully, the drummer boy, Isaac's favourite, remained in the bag unscathed. Always a risk with these vintage wooden ornaments, Isaac thought to himself. They'd picked them up as souvenirs from one of the Christmas markets in Munich. Isaac loved going to Germany at Christmas time and thought he'd treat Freya to a trip there to celebrate the end of what had been a very tough year. Of course, it was a little odd having to wear face coverings everywhere and pre-book cafes and restaurants, but Isaac and Freya had a really great long weekend together in Munich. It had felt like a brief pause on their worries and troubles. They felt like they were in their own little world for a few days. The two-week quarantine in a grotty hotel room next to Heathrow Airport on their arrival back on the other hand, was a massive ball ache. All the calm, tranquil, peaceful feelings they had felt in their little Bavarian bubble slowly eroded away in that dingy Heathrow hotel room. Should have checked the latest travel regs, sorry, Isaac had said to Freya as they first lay eyes on their monstrosity of a room at Heathrow. But somehow, after a few days had passed and they had both had time to calm down, something began to change and shift in both of their mindsets. They had plenty of time to think and reflect in that hotel room. In between, the bellowing sounds of fellow hotel guests, shouting, screaming, banging and crashing around them. All interspersed with the frequent thunderous sound of a flight landing or taking off. These walls are about as soundproof as your shits after you've had a curry, Freya joked with Isaac. By the time it came for them to be free and head home, they both agreed never to take anything for granted and always try to see the positive side of a situation. There's no problem without solution, Freya said to Isaac, while firmly slapping his ass as they left the hotel room. Back in the here and now, Isaac carefully picked up the pieces of the wooden figurines and placed them on the bed. Could always fix them up with a bit of glue tomorrow, Isaac thought to himself. He stood back up, and an odd feeling came across him. He had a strange suspicion he wasn't alone in the room he looked around and everything appeared normal. He walked over to the window and threw apart the curtains. Nothing. He scanned around the room, inspecting the whole place. Nothing. He slowly began to crouch down to peer under the bed. Nothing. Perhaps inside the wardrobe, he thought. As he approached the wardrobe, he could hear faint scratching and squeaking noises like the sound of an old radiator being bled. Isaac pulled the doors of the wardrobe Open and a flurry of flies came flying out, rushing all around him and the whole of the room. Isaac did what any startled person would do. He screamed and yelped and flailed his limbs around like he was dancing to three different drum and bass tracks all at the same time. This went on for probably about 30 seconds or so until he started to get tired and realized the flies were not trying to kill him. He gazed into the wardrobe and was shocked to see all the clothes had disappeared. Nothing left at all just coatless coat hangers swaying after the frenzy. Isaac began to inspect the flies a little closer. But they were not flies at all. They were moths. And not just any moths. Big, fat, flabby, flapping bastards the size of golf balls. Are you okay? asked Freya as she came in with two cups of tea. Twining's traditional English breakfast tea. Yep, I'm okay, thanks, Isaac replied. Moths, he said, pointing to the empty wardrobe. They sat down on the bed, holding their cups of tea, gazing into the empty wardrobe, and Isaac put his arm around Freya. They rested their heads together and began to smile as the greedy, overweight moths struggled to fly around them. 2020. What a fucking strange year, said Freya.
2: It has indeed been a strange year, Freya. I I would agree. I was really drawn in to... The wardrobe, I did not know what was going to be hiding in that wardrobe. A bit eerie, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, um, so genuinely, I was I was a little bit creeped out. Um I mean I, I thought it,
0: it was a bit of a roller coaster ride for that uh queer literature story, but w- what I was trying to do was just, you know, essentially convey uh the message of how, you know, this has been a tough year. It's been a weird year, but we need to be resilient and respectful that um but also a little jovial at times to try and face up to what has well what what has been a, a bit of a shitstorm of a year really and um but well look we've we've got through it and all we can do now is hope that at some point next year in in 2021 and beyond we can we can shake hands we can kiss and wave goodbye to social distancing and face masks and you know along with it let's hope that the likes of Donald Trump, Simon Cowell, Pretty Patel, Dominic Cummings, Casey Hopkins, Lawrence Fox, you know, all these narcissistic, self-centered hate spreaders, they all become a, a distant comedic memory of the past. And, um, you know, 2020 will be remembered for many things, but, but, you know, the three main things that 2020 will be remembered for is, well, obviously coronavirus, the, the US election, and, well, very, very funny memes. I mean well I mean honestly memes and and online jokes and parodies they they helped us all get through the year didn't they so um there there are some things to be remembered from 2020
2: I'll tell you what else helped us through the year mate podcasts podcasts
0: you know uh Qu- quills. You know, top, top top 100 UK comedy podcasts uh they've helped it's it's helped lots of people um it, not least the the podcasters themselves um but uh but look, looking ahead to, to 2021 um you know what I was trying to um, push with that with the theme of, of that queer literature was that you know we've got to uh, just just smile and, and just keep keep our peckers up and you know wouldn't it be great if, if next year and or, or sometime in the future we could um, shift from this this social trend of, 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 of inward looking to, to more outward looking and You know, if kindness and conscientiousness became the new cool, um, you know, that's, that was the message I was trying to purvey and that, you know, in 2021, we could all maybe start pulling together more and collectively contribute to the creation of the kebab of kindness. And, you know, at some point we'll all be able to sit down and all enjoy our equal portion of the kebab of kindness together at the table of sharing and caring that that's my reflection on 2020 and my and my vision for the future and what i essentially tried to uh put across in that literature do, do you think i
2: succeeded um i, I would i would wholeheartedly agree I, I think you're onto something there i think the um the, the kindness kebab is uh something that i'm looking forward to tucking into next year i'm, I'm trying to decide what i'd have with it maybe some cheesy chips
0: uh cheesy um cheery chips cheery mm-hmm. cheesy sharing chips uh, for us all to um you know enjoy together uh, essentially the, the the short um conclusion and summary of of what i'm trying to say is the world needs more marcus rashfords that's that's the that's what i'm trying to say the world needs more people like marcus rashford and we certainly don't need people like Simon Cowell Lawrence Fox Boris Johnson Donald Trump these people who purely think of themselves and just can't bring it upon themselves to do anything for anyone else other than themselves
2: yeah absolutely and uh, Captain Tom so Captain Tom that's it so Captain Tom Marcus Rashford you know
0: we we all need to think 2021 is the year we be more like Captain Tom and Marcus Rashford Mm. Are you fed up with the same sports being shown on Sky Sports? Tired of the over-dramatised, over-analyzed Premier League? Well, why not switch to us at Medieval Sports TV? Prefer mob football to modern football? Rather watch hammer-throwing than darts? Then join us over at Medieval Sports TV! Ever wondered what a combined jousting and archery tournament might be like in a small village just outside of Canterbury? Cheese rolling in Gloucestershire not sounding interesting to you? Well, think again! And now, with the discount code Holding the Quill podcast, you can get two pounds off your first month subscription. Just go to medievalsports.com forward slash Holding the Quill and sign up now. Medieval Sports TV, where wrestlers wrestle and sports is played the real way. Medieval Sports TV packages start from twenty-eight pounds per month, and once signed up, you cannot cancel until after twelve months. And we may remove the Holding the Quill discount at any time.
1: Quill Legacy.
2: So, guys and girls, it is Quill Legacy Time, and on this show it is my pleasure to finally get on the pods. One half of a fellow podcast who call themselves The Messiahs of Mayhem, a duo that have claimed the coveted number one spot for True Crime Podcast in Nigeria, and a show that mixes everyday breakfast cereal with serial killers. It is Greg from the Serial Killers podcast.
4: Hey, what's up, lads? What's up? Thanks very much for having me on. It's been a while since we discussed this, eh?
2: It has It has been a long time in the making. Uh, we've, we've been flirting on Twitter and Instagram for a while.
4: have been sending nudes, sliding into your DMs. It's been great.
2: <laughs> it has. You've sent us a lovely photo of, of an egg tonight as well, which um, has gone down well with meat
4: I'll, drinks i put the egg into greg
2: hey this is it <laughs> and, and as,
0: as you know greg you've been invited on as uh you know you're in high esteem because obviously we had a whole list of people that wanted to come on but when with electric uh puns like that we we've, we know that we've made the right choice
4: thanks guys i'll transfer the money to you afterwards for um for allowing me on was it 100 quid each Exactly, <laughs> yeah, You've
0: got it exactly right. 100 pounds,
2: 100 of the British pounds. Um, so Greg, uh, uh while you're on, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Serial Killers podcast that you co host with your uh fellow uh Guernseyite Jack?
4: Yeah, no, I'd love to. Um, so yeah, so uh, Jack and I have been best friends for best part of 15 17 years now. He's actually going to be officiating my wedding next year as well. Um, we decided to combine serial thrills with serial kills uh, to give people (laughs) serious chills, essentially. Um, And we like to chow down to give people the lowdown on the crunchiest true crime stories with a plethora of snap, crackle and pop culture references.
2: Fantastic. I've listened to a few of the episodes. They are brilliant. Um, Thank you very much. Many listeners get on the Serial Killers podcast. Now, today you've joined us for Quill Legacy. And today's Quill Legacy, we've been joking around the serial Quillers for a while. Um, I thought, <laughs> as you're on the show today, that I would create a quiz all about cereal.
4: I am hungry for this quiz I can tell you
2: that much hungry for the cereal uh so basically same format as always I'm going to ask each of you three questions um there'll be two answers potentially for each question and if needed we will go to a tie break at the end how are you feeling drinks I'm 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 born ready I mean I think
0: uh although you know Greg talks a big game and he says that he's hungry for the quiz I think Greg, you do need to be prepared for the fact that I am the most competitive man on the planet and, 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 you're, and you're going down.
4: You say that, but after all this cereal, I'm going to wash it down with a nice cold drink.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. So, so what you're trying oh, to yeah. do now is, is the customary trash talk. And well, I'll, I'll have you know that if it's trash talk you want, it's trash talk you're going to get. And I am ready to wash the floor with you. I'm going to, I'm going to beat you to a pulp. And then wash the floor with you so much that, you know, you're just taken all the way down, down to Chinatown and any other town that I can find with that socially distanced and uh, uh, able to be washed from afar. And I won't be doing it physically. I'll be doing it emotionally in your mind.
4: Well, you see, that's great. But I'm going to take you to all Oriental villages. I'm not just going to go to Chinatown. I will go across. Asia with it, and um, I'm going to show you around to my mother, and then I might put you up for a nice meal. And then once you've fully, fully at peace, then I'll smother you with a pillow.
0: Well, wow. if, you, if, you, if you think you're going to try and kill me at your, at your own mother's, when I'm going to charm your mother so much that she just invites me to stay in her own bedroom then I think you've got another thing coming. You're not going to be able to sneak into your own mother's bedroom while I'm sleeping with your mother.
4: There's too many people already in there, number one. And here's the plot twist. My mother is me. It's Norman Bates from Psycho Bitch. Right,
0: okay, right. So you've, you've, got, you've, <laughs> gone, you've, got, you've gone psychological on me. And, 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 if, and if you are your own mother, I, I think that's a, that's a biological uh, feat that I want to know about. And uh, if, you, if you somehow have given birth to yourself, then am I talking to myself?
4: Are you real? Find out on Conspiracy Crunch on Serial Killers Podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, let's, let's move this on. That is, that's some fantastic, I think it's, it's the best trash talk of the season there. So uh, f- yeah, well done, both of you. Right, um, Greg, you are the guest today. So I'm going to let you decide if you go first or second.
4: Well, as a change of pace from what my partner will tell you, I will come second this time.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, drinks. Hello. Question. Question number one for you. I'm ready. The rice. Okay, good. The Rice Krispies mascots, snap, crackle, and pop, briefly had a fourth brother in the early 1950s. What was the name of the spaceman character? Brother, was it a pow or B
0: drop? Um, snap, crackle, pop, and pow, or snap, crackle, pop, and what was that other option? Drop, drop. I mean, it just for purely on uh, frenetic purposes, it sounds far better to be drop. So, I'm going with drop. It was
2: snack- Snap, Crackle, Pop, and Pow was the fourth oh. brother. Well, that's just bad marketing. <laughs> Unfortunately, no
0: <laughs> it's popping no, it's and no, dropping. No, no surprise that he got dropped. Awful. <laughs> it should have been dropped. They, then he would
2: have stayed there. I mean,
3: Pow.
2: <laughs> awful. Awful decision. Cancelled. Right. So that is, it remains nil-nil. Love, love. Uh, Greg, question number one for you. Mm-hmm. Lucky Charms is a combination of toasted oat cereal and colourful marshmallows. Over the years, marshmallows have sadly been retired. For example, the blue diamond in 1975 and the pot of gold in 1994. But which marshmallow was recently removed in 2018? Was it A, the shooting star or B, the yellow hourglass?
4: Well, it depends. Do you guys want me to build up some suspense? Because I do know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Tricks? I'd I'd rather he didn't,
3: but I
0: think he's he's going to. I'll drag (laughs) out a little
4: bit longer. Um, When I was born by myself, as I said before, I was born with some birthmarks, and they were actually the same as the marshmallows from Lucky Charms. So as Mm -hmm. I've gotten older, my birthmarks have sadly worn away and therefore that's how I keep track of what marshmallows have gone from lucky charms so i can tell right. you that it was the yellow hourglass that was removed
2: that that is an incredible story and of course it is the yellow hourglass in 2018 <laughs> incredible
0: <laughs> right already i feel somewhat uh, aggrieved by this this whole setup i mean he greg hosts a podcast called serial killers he knows his cereals. He's got birthmarks with cereals on it.
2: <laughs> None of us knew that. Plus, I mean, this is this might be mild revenge. How you stitched me up for episode two with Matt the comedian, the most avid video gamer known to man. Well,
0: anyway, I, like I say, you told me beforehand that you were you were into your games in the in the mid nineties, and clearly you just. You know, you've you, you spent too long on one game, Michael Jackson's Thriller, and not enough time spreading your, your knowledge. Anyway, come on then. Question, question two. Let's go. That's the one.
2: meanwhile Okay, it's 1-0 to Greg. tricks you need this. Okay. Uh, question number two. Tony the Tiger has two children. He's got a daughter called Antoinette and a son. Is Tony's son called Toby the Tiger or Tony junior okay um uh,
0: i mean i I mean i I don't know tony the tiger all that well i yes i did used to eat uh frosties frosties Mm -hmm. yeah okay confirmed are you Uh,
4: seriously questioning if it's frosties or not what what subpar contestant have you got me going up against here
0: Well, look, Greg, uh, hang on a minute. Is it your turn to speak, Greg? No, it's not. It's my turn. So let me finish my reasoning. Tony the Tiger, as we have now had confirmed, is the face and the tiger of Frosties. I I, I would say that he is someone that is quite uh, uh, egotistical. He's He's quite the narcissist, isn't he? So I think he would have a son called tony jr is that your final answer well now you're questioning me i'm I'm starting to think it might be toby but it's one of the two isn't it i mean i've got i've got to make a decision and i'm going to go with please do tony
2: jr you were right to stick with tony jr there we yeah. go just have a son called tony jr uh he, yeah i i get that as well i think he's a bit full of himself so mm-hmm. I, I can completely understand why he's he's got a son called tony jr
4: fun fact his mother is called mama tony is, is
2: this true
4: that is genuinely true
2: i think it might be actually because i <laughs> from my research earlier wow. uh, that was a question, but I went for the children. Um any news on on any any rumours on who the, the mother is of the of the children, Greg?
4: His spouse is Mrs. Tony.
2: <laughs> no it's not. No it's not. <laughs> it
4: genuinely is. I'm not making this up. Apparently <laughs> he, he cannot differentiate or divert away from the name Tony. I'm assuming whenever he sees, you know, the award show the Tony's on um, on <laughs> TV, he's just there, just spaffing off to it. and that's what covers the frosted flakes this is this is
2: low budget marketing isn't it its finest (laughs) right uh where are we we're on greg for your second question this is go two one up get to regain the advantage so this one you might might be less less um sure on for, for less um less serial knowledge potentially so your second question The former royal chef, Darana Magredi, recently did an interview in Hello magazine regarding the Queen's dietary habits. For breakfast, she reportedly enjoys cereal, yoghurt and marmalade on toast. But what type of tea does she have with her breakfast? Does she have A. Earl Grey or B. English breakfast tea?
4: That is a tough one. Christ, I don't
2: know if if you've read the latest Hello magazine in October.
4: (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately not. It's still trying to make its way over on the boat to Guernsey.
2: Yeah, it's got a a quarantine for 14 days.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So here's my thinking. English breakfast, you'd think, obviously, the Queen, English, all linked into Mm. one. Mm. Earl Grey, the colour of her husband's skin.
2: <laughs> in the summer yeah
4: in the yeah once he's got a tan yeah. uh, and then of course you've got prince harry dunking his ginger nuts into a canadian tea um but mm,
2: maple syrup
4: <laughs> make it all sweet oh christ i would have had, i would have had her down as an assam kind of girl uh, the queen but <laughs> All I know is her favourite tea is Twining's. I know her favourite brand is Twining's because I read that somewhere. And I'm going to go not in hello Earl Grey. <laughs> no, I didn't read it in Hello, but I'm going to go for Earl Grey.
2: <laughs> I can confirm that according to Darren McGrady, she does like Earl Grey tea with her breakfast.
4: Come on, McGrady. Yes.
2: Apparently with no milk and no sugar. Just, oh, just, she's a purist.
4: Uh, she is a purist. Okay.
2: Yeah, fair play. I, that's that's how I like my old grey. So um, yeah, fair play to her.
4: It's the only thing in Buckingham Palace that's not been whitened on arrival.
2: <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Topical and cutting. <laughs> I like it. Right, drinks, you're two on down. This is your third and final question. You, you need this one to stay in the game here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coco the monkey is the official mascot for Coco Pops. I'm sure you probably would have known that i'm sure um his friends include hefty hippo short shorty giraffe and a kangaroo but what is the name of coco's friend kangaroo is it a kim or b kylie mm. uh, i feel like
0: uh, coco the monkey uh, would hang around with more a, a kylie kylie the kangaroo and i'm also thinking you know which name would they go for back around the time when they first marketed these uh, these animal friends and i would say it's probably around kylie minogue's heyday so kylie minogue they probably sort of thought oh kylie is a popular name kim not i don't i, th- I would say kylie's a probably kylie's a more popular name and therefore kylie the kangaroo i can confirm
2: that it is kylie the kangaroo so here we you go. draw level to all it goes to the final question greg <laughs> this is for the win the special k diet asked customers to eat two bowls of cereal so two bowls of Special K for breakfast and lunch and have a well-balanced meal of choice for dinner. But how long would you have to do this for to apparently drop a gene size? Was it 14 days or 28 days?
0: Grose has been reading a lot of OK magazine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how bad is lockdown for you guys? Like essentially, you've had to revert back to it like 2006 for <laughs> on our way to London to get a heat magazine. <laughs>
2: it's an underrated magazine mate i tell you <laughs> our new sponsor <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. so um so what did so you the say two 14... choices? you've got
2: 14 days or or 28 days
4: yeah now so you've got,
2: you've i'm two weeks or a month
4: so i'm guessing by drop a gene size they mean you know waist wise not like you, sh- you shorten your legs <laughs> yeah, yeah. change your size completely
0: with the special k diet i mean i don't know i don't know
4: if you guys know but i'm i'm two meters tall and you know sometimes my legs are a little bit too long so if there's a diet i can quickly go on so i can fit on an airplane
2: maybe special k is the one for you mate. <laughs> if, if you were to, if you were to have a special k diet
0: plus hang around with shorty the giraffe yeah. you never know what could happen <laughs>
4: All, right Let, let's think about this logically is there anyone on earth who could eat two bowls of special K for a month no so I'm gonna say that in order to drop a gene size in either waist or leg it's two weeks so 14 days
2: for the win you've gone for for 14 days just to just to confirm final answer
4: that is correct lock it in Chris Tarrant I can Doodoo. confirm
2: that in 2004, the Special K diet was advised for 14 days.
4: Yes! <laughs> yes. Hold on, Guernsey. Come on.
0: Croge, why, why would you not say 14 days or, I don't know, 20 days? days. <laughs> 14 or yeah. 15 days. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, I, don't, I, I Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't logically think about, you know, the actual graft of eating Special K for a month. But also, a gene size is fairly... I don't know how safe that is in t- a two week period, to be honest. So, I mean, they're, they're, apparently they've wiped the history of the special K diet from the internet. So they can't be legally sued or um, challenged on it ever again. But I don't know. It seems 14 days seems a bit drastic to obviously lose a couple of inches on your height. I'd say,
4: <laughs> I would like, say, just imagine what 28 days later would have been like if, um, <laughs> if the diet had been for that long, <laughs> Killian Murphy running around, like I'm so fucking hungry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm really short.
2: Right, well Greg, uh congratulations. You've you've got the guests up to 3-2 against the Quill lads. So um you've you've nudged the guests in front with one episode to go. Woo. Um how do you feel?
4: I feel elated and I'm pretty sure that all your other guests are going to be thrilled to hear that. Um however, it all comes down to the wire, meaning your end of season episode is going to be a bit of a cliffhanger, right? Everyone's going to be wanting to tune in. It's like the uh, last ever episode of Friends and the Sopranos, right?
0: It's, it's, teed up, it's, 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 it's teed up beautifully, isn't it? I mean, we've got dear old Groves having to defend our honour as, uh, as the original Quillads. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Greg, well played. Um, it seems like in, in our own back garden, you've beaten us at your game.
4: It's almost as if the odds were forever in my favour.
0: Considering I haven't eaten any cereal other than porridge and muesli from, from Lidl for the last 10 years... It was definitely uh, tipped in your favour.
2: <laughs> right, Greg, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Cheers, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much.
2: Thanks, Greg. Hello, holding the quill.
3: Yeah, how's it going,
2: lads? It's Johnny Carbis. Hey, Johnny. How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, lads. Uh, how are
3: you doing?
2: Yeah, not bad at all, not bad at all. Feeling feeling Christmassy, the countdown's on. Well, I was, I was lying by
3: saying I'm all right. I've been a lot better, actually. Uh I had some bad news recently. got a bloody sack from my job last week. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Bloody, uh, you, know that, you know
3: that lad I told you about? Uh, the, um, the big lad, Big Ben, the boss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he called me into his office and, uh, well, first of all, he goes, here, Johnny, what do you call an old guy with a grey beard who keeps messing up his deliveries around this time of year? And he goes, Santa, clots. Ah, <laughs> oh, we laughed, oh, we laughed. Of course we did, yeah, of course we did. But then he says to me, Johnny, I'm afraid to say, mate, there's more to it than that. Lately, you are the company's Santa Claus. I'm really sorry to have to do this. You are a top bloke, you work world gold, and all the times you bring in your wife's home-baked cakes, it, you know, it's much appreciated. Even though you probably did overstep the mile that time, you kicked Mickey the Munch in the nuts when he said you preferred Mr Kipling's cakes to your wife's. But, you know, we all know how genuine and generous for all, yada, 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 but I'm afraid to say, you, we're going to have to let you go. So
2: that was it. Just like that. Got the bloody sack two weeks before Christmas. Bloody heck, Johnny. that's uh that Ben's a cold man. Yeah, well, it's 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 life. It's life. Yeah, so so uh what what have you been doing then? What you what have you been how have you been spending your time? Uh,
3: well this this and that, just just scratching about and putting about around the house, you know. But I tell you what I have been getting into lately bit of spoken word, creative writing, you know? bit of poetry in that.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so, uh,
3: yeah, I'm really into it. Really into it. Um, you surprised me. I, 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 I... Ah, well, it's, it's, it's great just, uh, you know, a bit of flexing your literature muscles, you know, and especially when you've when you've got a lot of going on in your head like me. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great way of uh, just, just having a bit of, Bit
2: of fun. Okay, well uh, have you have you got anything that you could uh share with us tonight uh, you know, tonight? Well yeah, sure, why not? I
3: mean uh seeing as it's almost Christmas, I'll uh I'll read you out one of my uh me Christmas poems.
2: Fantastic. Go for it. Yeah, all right. Well this
3: one's called Christmas with the carpets. Late afternoon, Christmas Day, presents have been opened, turkey yeah, and crackers have been cracked. So far, no-one's got the um. Thank God for that. Artie Jew keeps going on about some game called Articulate, but I tell her to pack it in, cos we're watching Wallace and Gromit there, cos it's fucking great. Johnny Junior's doing me nothing, shooting me with little foam disc from behind the tree. I tell him if he hits me again, I'll lock away his PS5 and throw away the key. The wife comes in and offers everyone a mulled wine and a mince pie. Grab us a beer instead, would you love? I'd rather drink my own scrotal sweat than my old wine. I won't lie.
2: There you go. Christmas with the carpets. What do you think? Sounds like an interesting, uh, interesting home setup that you've got going on, Johnny. Well, just uh,
3: you know, it's a, it's actually a bit of poetic license. I mean, that hasn't even happened yet because you know
2: it's still a couple of weeks till Christmas, isn't it? It is, it is. Uh, I, I didn't realise you had a, a son called Johnny as well. Johnny Junior. Yeah, Johnny Junior.
3: He's
2: a right little shit. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he's a right chip off the old block. Yeah, yeah. He's a,
3: he's
2: a little well, but he is. Yeah, well, he's he's done very well this year with a PS5. No, 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 no. That's correct that's license, like I say. I ain't got him a PS5. Can't bloody afford a thing. Uh, well, let's let's hope he's not listening to this right now uh, before Christmas. But, uh, Johnny, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, I hope that um, your luck turns soon and you're able to uh, get a new job. Well,
3: you know, uh, I, I'm going to try, try and have a word with that big, big Ben and see if he can give me my job back in January. But for now, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying writing a few poems, doing a bit of spoken word down the pub with me mates well, when I say down the pub I mean um I, I shouldn't be telling you about this, but uh, yeah, go down and work in men's club and
2: yeah, don't don't tell the authorities, don't tell the government that we're doing it. I wouldn't I wouldn't say a word. Well uh you stay safe, have a fantastic Christmas with the carpets, of course, and uh hopefully speak to you in the new year. Yeah, of course we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Year, new, new us, all that. Absolutely. All right, Johnny, take care of yourself. Merry Christmas. All right, take it easily, lads. Yeah, keep up the good work with the podcast. Yeah, cheers, John. Bye. Nice one. See you later, lads. Bye, bye, bye. See you, bye. Right, from everyone at Holding the Quill, everyone, as in, as in us two. Groundhog grows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Groundhog grows and festive drinks. We're here to say thank you for listening. If you've got to this far in the series uh, and you've listened to all the way from the start from episode one through to this episode episode 11 technically but episode five of season two yes it's confusing but if you have listened from start to finish thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts because we have thoroughly enjoyed ourselves doing this uh, it's kind of kept us going um, and we are well, we're we're enjoying the process. So if someone's enjoying it, I think there's a couple of people that are enjoying the podcast. We've had a couple of good bits of feedback. Um, yes, we've had some negative feedback. We've had a few people call in and, and give us just slating us and, and, you know, just saying that it's, it's drivel. But we'll keep going on because we're enjoying ourselves
2: absolutely it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to uh to record the pod this year and uh if if we can do it next year we will have an exclusive holding the quill summer party that all of our listeners all of the quill leds, all the quillettes will be invited to um so yeah here's to 2021 things can only get better as brian cox once sang and there you go. until then go and pour yourself an eggnog and we wish you a very merry christmas
0: enjoy yourselves guys uh, a toast to christmas 2020 and a happy new year pour yourselves a quiltini and uh enjoy your enjoy your festive period merry christmas guys merry christmas
2: Uh, Hold of the Quill. We wish
0: you a Merry Christmas.
2: (laughs) Right, be quiet for just for one (laughs) second.